Salam and welcome to our podcast, Muslims on Fire. Stories from ordinary Muslims doing extraordinary things. With your host, Maruf. Dear listener, Based on many requests from our listeners, we are launching a Muslims on Fire Academy. It's for those who want to do more than just listening. It's for those who not only want to be inspired, but to be one of the Muslims on Fire as well. It's for those who want to discover their purpose in life, follow their dreams, and live in prosperity. If this is you, join us for a journey of a lifetime. The introduction course is free. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. Assalamu alaikum, welcome to the show, bro. Wa alaikum, It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I was so tempted to put on a very thick, you know, stereotypical Scottish accent, but I thought your viewership doesn't have the luxury of subtitles so i'll have mercy on them inshallah why don't we try that at least for 10 15 seconds how would it sound like that, that's how we're done. <laughs> why don't we do that you know just for the sake of it you know it's it's, it's gonna sound really forced because if you seem like braveheart or if you watch the simpsons yeah, yeah, you know it's like he's like all right how's it going i'm <laughs> on the podcast with maruf oh hi so i mean i could i could really get ghetto with it but i think inshallah for the sake of um <laughs> not making myself cringe i will stick with this inshallah that's good. that's good yeah that's nice that's nice you know you know also as i said in the quran we came to from different tribes different places you guys get to know each other and that's the you know we have we are all different parts of the world that's how we, we get to know each other that's good that's all good mm-hmm. so Usman, let's get to know you my friend and let's start from the right beginning tell us about what I know you live in Scotland, but you're not a Scottish, original Scottish, right? So tell us uh, about that, uh, your parents, about their upbringing. You, you, were, you were born in Scotland, weren't you? Um, yeah, so I've been born and raised um, in a city called Glasgow mm-hmm. in Scotland. Mm-hmm. To all those who are listening from Scotland that are not from here, it is the best city in Scotland, hands down. <laughs> very famous city, mashallah. A very central hub for culture, creativity, uh, music, etc. Yeah, so um, my family are from a Pakistani background, mm-hmm. so they see as very typically people call me, and I live in a part of Scotland or in Glasgow which is quite non-Asian. So going around, um, you know, <laughs> let's call it that. Yeah, no, mashallah, we actually do have quite a lot of Muslims in Glasgow in general. Mashallah, we have, I think, just over 20 different masajid here. So there are parts of Scotland and Glasgow that are heavily populated with <laughs> with Asians, and they're famous for being like that. Same with England as well. But I live about 10, 15 minutes out from the main city in the suburbs, which is quite posh. And, it, you know, when my grandparents got here, it was kind of older Caucasian people, just very kind of, upmarket kind of posh people nothing wrong with that of course very nice people so when I grew up in Scotland here in in Glasgow it's very kind of 
the the atmosphere changed because people started to get into things like gangs and stuff and obviously the culture in high school and, and everything was very different which I became very influenced by so being one of the only probably the only Muslim in my entire school year actually and maybe one of the only few in the entire school I yeah you know growing up wasn't very proud of my religion unfortunately super super um, influenced by those around me music tv culture and you know when kids used to go home and watch cartoons and watch these programs and like you know drake and josh and stuff like that and i used to sit and watch like the fresh prince of bel-air all day every day so although my friends were all white caucasian my spirit was trying to be in hip-hop and this and that and lots of my older cousins would influence that in me as well yeah so that was kind of growing up in high school as well and then things kind of you know changed I, I went through different habits I went through a phase of playing football from my American friends that's soccer yeah yeah um, exactly. yeah not the fake football but the real football <laughs> which is you know you use your foot to kick the ball and then you <laughs> put it in the goal yeah so football was massive for my upbringing it's a very major sport here in Scotland um there's a couple of teams that are super rivals it's like oh my god just um it gets very political very crazy um and I used to support one of those and then growing up I changed from that to basketball and you know go through different phases and yeah subhanallah do you know something which I don't think I've ever mentioned before anywhere to my kind of friends or the inspiration kind of audiences that I actually ended up joining a rock band in high school as well that's gonna get very interesting now yeah so you know this guy so (laughs) I you know subhanallah talking about marketing I see that some people have like former punk rock star now became sheikh whoa mashallah and they have this like on the posters and that's how they they you know they sell tickets for events and they they share the story I mean I'm I was like I used to be into guitar really badly like I was so I was quite good I have to admit (laughs) I was into like 80s rock bands like Guns N' Roses and and in all these hardcore bands and me and my friend who strangely was an Indian guy right who was into it as well joined a band together and we were really popular obviously in school because of that and yeah um, that was a phase for a few years as well and I got out of it because my grandfather rahimahullah may Allah bless him passed away a couple of months ago he was just like music is haram and then like disowned me <laughs> so I had to stop and the next phase was like doing magic tricks and I got obsessed with like you know David Blaine and things like that and I became really really good at doing like card tricks and I used to go to parties and you know in the streets and stuff so my life was full of lots of different phases like that so I think even growing up as a young person anything which involved skill set which involved some type of learning and mastery and creativity was always something which I was attracted to and I kind of came out of sports and went more towards those things which I could really you know impress people with and of course you know the music and 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 doing magic back then in high school was a big hit with the girls and things like that so (laughs) obviously very important to to know those things Uh, but yeah that was kind of the first few years of my my life so far. That sounds cool. I mean, you went all ahead. I just want to gonna say simple questions, but I enjoy it. I mean, you just told us two, two things, so to know about you. But it also takes a lot of courage, right, to admit 
you don't you don't need just to share those like vulnerable stories because not not every time not every day you want to do that and and I'm glad you did. I'm really honored. Alhamdulillah, uh, and we hear this uh, gas sometimes we do stuff, and it really is really you know emotional sometimes. And um, so, okay, let's go back to the um, you, you, when you said you were you you were growing up in this neighborhood in the school. You said you were not kind of proud of your religion at the time. So I just want to understand. So are we talking about you are around 10, 12, around that age? No, this is actually a bit older. So in my teens, you know, when being popular is important, peer pressure is important, you're starting to be attracted to, you know, girls and stuff. And there's there's this whole, your, yeah, yeah. And your school becomes divided into this group and that group and trying to be cool and stuff. Sure. Now, it's, you know, I actually had a big advantage in high school in terms of being cool not because of me but actually because of my father and my grandfather so we have a local store here in my town in Glasgow you know just a grocery store family business so next to the store there's like three or four different schools so we call them primary school so like you know from ages of like five to twelve that first period of school and then there's also two or three high schools as well. So everyone used to come to this part of the town for lunchtime and before school and after school. You know, my grandfather and my father especially are, we've been here for like 40 years in the store. So we're very popular here in this town and we're almost like, you know, legendary kind of part of the town where so many people grew up there their kids grew up there and then they got older and they had kids as well themselves and we're still there and we're very friendly and my father subhanallah and, and my grandfather may Allah bless them both very charismatic very friendly with everyone so because of that my friends were like are you his son oh my god that's so cool can you get me some you know some sweets and whatnot so mm-hmm. being that kid made me a lot more popular and it helped me to get into some circles that I might not have got into as a young brown kid. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of not being proud, yes, I you know. Did, when... so let me ask a question a bit differently. So when you say you're proud, not proud, I just want to understand, first of all, that, I mean, even let's say you were 14, like 15, I mean, like you had an understanding of Islam in some ways, right? And But still mm. you're kind of not, you said not proud, you're kind of embarrassed with what you said. So I just want to understand, is it, go back like like tell us how does it feel like because I, I am sure that there are teenagers like that you know maybe listening you know they they, they maybe they are you're sure I just want to understand from their perspective you know mm. and the reason that I mentioned these stories um I'm not saying these things proudly of course this is the first time I've actually mentioned them in public like this well, you know uh, for those who to you and we're gonna go there dude. You know, for the for those who don't know me listening right now, you know, I'm a guy here with a beard, you know, seen as being super religious and whatnot, um, which I tried to be. But back then, so you mentioned I had an understanding of my dean. So in my family growing up, it was split. You know, my half of my family are very, very religious and the other half not so much. Okay. Um, and I was influenced by both at the same time. So deep down, I did know about Allah I did love Islam I did pray even if I prayed in secret or even if I prayed at home I did have that discipline there and my grandfather 
he actually used to be very active with his masjid and may Allah bless him he used to be part of like Jama'at al-Tabrigh when he used to, <laughs> when he was around so he traveled in different parts of the world and I used to go with him sometimes for three days or ten days so that discipline of salah of loving Allah of iman was there and even though I was doing things that weren't really great I kind of knew that deep down but in terms of not being proud it was more so I think the identity young Asian Muslim background that wasn't cool compared to all these other people who didn't really understand what religion was why are you fasting why can't you eat why aren't you drinking with us Mm -hmm. because there came a point where 15 16 years old all of my friends started drinking and all they cared about was drinking and and partying and you know may Allah protect us you know sexual relationships and whatnot and they all they were doing was talking about these things in school in class bragging about how great their party was and I'm like you know that's not me and even though I might have fallen into a number of different things or sins alhamdulillah one thing that I stayed completely away from was things like drinking things like drugs and whatnot right so there was that kind of double identity where um at school, I'm trying to be cool. I'm trying to fit in. I'm, I'm going. I'm, I am going to parties, listening to music, going to concerts, and being popular for that. But then at home, I'm like, I'm still like that. But I'm also praying my salah. I feel bad sometimes, and you know, there were actually at times later on in school where I did used to sacrifice my lunch hour, and I did used to go to the chemistry department and go to a room and pray my salah. I found one or two other Muslims and I was like, guys, you want to pray with me? Okay, cool. And it was the whole quickly do wudu before someone catches you with your foot in the sink and it's all over. Your whole reputation is gone, right? So I still had I still had that taqwa, right? And to be honest, as I grew older, even though I was still so engrossed in that culture and so engrossed in trying to be somebody for someone else, mm-hmm. I think what my parents, my grandparents taught me, it was still there in the background. And I think a lot of people out there today, they have that, but they choose to ignore it. Whereas others, it's there and eventually it manifests into who their character is. And for different people, that takes different time Mm -hmm. to come out. For me, it came out fully, like my life went 180 degrees in in university. But for others, it can take, you know, even into their late 30s and 40s. But I I do believe that everyone, you know, who's at least from a Muslim background has it in there somewhere. Um, The environment has a massive, massive place to play in their lives. You see, I mean, I'm just listening to you and I'm I'm trying to put myself in your shoes also. A lot lot of teenagers have no time. So... I mean, in a nutshell, what's going on is a double parallel universe, right? On one mm. universe, you're Muslim, you're trying to do good things, which your parents, which your grandparents told you, which you, deep down, you know, right? Deep down, you know that's the right way. Probably. Sure. On the other hand, though, then you have the society here, uh, like almost everybody, I mean, in your case, almost everybody, because as you said, other, other Caucasian, like, you know, white people, they're doing all these Nigerian things, because... Everybody is doing that. It just legitimizes, doesn't it? Like everybody, yeah, that's normal. So it doesn't make sense. There's identity crisis, right? 
either this or that because you cannot play that game long term because it's like a paradox in your mind it's gonna drive you nuts and i mm. think uh, what really happened in your case is you mentioned when you move to the university so what is going on at that point just correct me if i'm wrong you change the environment you're not the part of those uh, school society anymore which is pressuring you to be that is, is, is that correct or is something else changed what, what, what's going on there Childhood Questions are sponsored by Ali Huda. Ali Huda is a video-on-demand streaming platform for Muslim children where they can watch cartoons and shows while learning about Islam the fun way. If you are a Muslim parent, this will be one of your best investments. Visit www.alihuda.com for a seven-day free trial. Now back to the show. Yeah, exactly. So I think this is your classic example of environment changes. And I think university in general for many people, Muslim or not, is just a time to break free and discover themselves. So whether it's religion, whether it's, you know, hobbies or career choice or relationships, most of us don't speak to everyone who we went to high school with. Usually by the time we get to college or university, we, we change friends or we might keep in touch with a handful of the of the good ones, but everyone goes their own way, right? So even in university, for the first two years of university of my four-year degree, I was more, I was still religious in the sense where my university is very, very blessed. SubhanAllah, we have a big, big prayer hall there. Um, it's almost the size of a masjid, to be honest. So it's very busy all the time. So that became almost like my second home. Um, I was in there praying salah with Jama'ah almost every day. There's Jumaah there as well. Ramadan, there was a great iftar kind of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But still was kind of falling into those same sins. Still was heavily into the the culture. Was still attached to a few friends was heavily and influenced by by music and things like that and then slowly but surely because i was away from that culture in high school where there was a double life and because i was part of an environment where there was more of the good and less of the bad i started to become a bit more mature and had i had space to you know think for myself right Like, why are people doing this? And in uni, especially in uni where everyone's just like, yeah, let's just go to class and then get drunk and go to the club. You begin to realize just how how rubbish it all is and how useless it is. And so, subhanAllah, I I don't really know how to explain it, but there was a time in my life where roughly two years into uni, I was still hanging out with people from the opposite sex. I was hanging out with people that I shouldn't have been with not doing anything hopefully major haram but still wasn't supposed to be doing that and something that I found myself was I used to enjoy being with them so much but then after dropping them off home on the way home I had this huge serious guilt in my stomach right I used to sometimes cry so literally five minutes ago I was laughing joking see you tomorrow and then on the way home I was like making dua i was crying yeah allah i'm sorry help me and there was this like vicious cycle right of you do the sin you regret it you say i'm sorry and then you fall back into it straight away 
So again, still was in the, in the wrong environment. I remember it like it was yesterday, subhanAllah. One of my, my teachers from my Islamic youth circle, may Allah bless him, only a few years older than me, but I text him, right? I was like, look, man, I'm in this dilemma. I I like this person. Um, it was a girl. I have these friends. I'm still doing these things, but I want to change for Allah's sake. What do I do? And he was like, bro, you just have to cut this off immediately. Don't even pretend in your mind that it's okay, it won't be harmful, because he understood the long-term harms, right, once you get too deep into something. So I remember, like, I sent this long text to that person explaining, look, we, we can't see each other anymore. Um, it's not allowed for me. I, I think we should, you know, perhaps cut this out. And I was thinking, okay, that feeling in my heart that was there the whole time, finally, I was able to go 100% that way um, <clears throat> and uh, the person didn't understand at all I think completely didn't understand they were like is it because I'm way oh my god how dare you and they got so upset but finally from yeah basically um, and I tried to explain but essentially for me and this is kind of a pattern in my life right which is uh, you know I, I shared um, a few minutes ago the whole I go full scale into the sports. I went full scale into the rock band. I went full into the the magic trick. I went full 100% into Dean because I think it was burning inside me, but I just, I wanted to finally get rid of all of this baggage. And so after that moment, it literally went 180 for me. And you know, when we hear this phrase often, it's a famous saying, that when you remove something in your life for the sake of Allah that shouldn't be there, Allah will replace that thing with something even better, right? And we hear that a lot, but for me, it didn't really make sense until it happened. And I swear, subhanAllah, like straight away after I made that decision, I cut off that haram relationship. Literally months later, I joined the Islamic Society at university. I took my first ever Islamic studies course, one year long course. My beard started to grow everything and I just Naturally, went right? through. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. I... Can I ask one thing question? I think I want to understand, um, I think we could be related to. So you finished school and now you're in university. What were you studying, Usman? What were you studying? So I did um, a kind of business degree and I specialized in marketing. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, go ahead. I will come back to this one in a moment. Go ahead. So uh, so now you're in a position that now you change this decision, you cut this relationship off, and now you join the Islamic, um, uh, you know, Islamic circle. So is, is it, was it part of the study that to take Islamic course at the University of Glasgow? It was the University of Glasgow, right? No, it's a university called Strathclyde University. It's in Glasgow. Okay. It's one of the it's one of the main unis, but not Glasgow okay. Uni. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So it was was it part of the study that you take the Islamic course, or is the extra extra curricular activity? It was yeah, it was extracurricular out with university. So in our city, we're very blessed to have a couple of scholars who, mashallah, travel to the Middle East, and they came back and they created a curriculum. So it's like in the evening, around about six thirty until 9.30, so once a week. And I noticed that it was getting popular. Everyone was talking about it. So I joined that, yeah. Hmm. Okay, 
popularity. Yeah, that's good. Future story. Future story. Uh, you're still there, right? Yeah, yeah. So, sorry. Yeah, so after joining that and then joining the society, which was just, it was voluntary, but in, in the UK here, and I think in America, they call it MSA, which is yeah. Muslim Student Association. Uh, here, we have the same idea in the UK and Ireland, Wales, we have, it's called an ISOC, and ISOC is short for Islamic Society. And FOSIS here is actually the kind of, the kind of umbrella organization, and that stands for the Federation of Student Islamic Societies. It's been going for decades, mashallah. I believe even Malcolm X spoke at FOSIS event once. So that was like something extra to do. I didn't really know why I was going there. My friend said, hey, you want to come? I said, why not? And I think finally having a group of Muslim friends sounded very attractive. <laughs> and finally I could talk about my deen and talk about other things without having to feel that double life hiding my identity and finally being able to you know be proud of it which is quite good and I was given a role a position and I was in charge of you know taking care of events and these kind of things but as the years went on I became a bit higher up in that and I became very invested and so yeah I just went 100% full into it studying Islam on the side I see. So here's the, here's the question. Yeah. It's fun. Look, um, you you came to the sport in your life, right? So so double double uh, you know double identity work. Uh, on one side you have this relationship, and on the other side you feel like something does not feel right. I just want to ask you a question here. So you took one road instead of the other. I think the question. Maybe it's simple, but I'm not sure about the answer. That so the question is, what do you think made you say made you choose one path over another? Like, I mean, wouldn't it be easier for you to choose the other one and forget about this and just maybe live on with your life with a girlfriend, whatever? Wouldn't it be easier that way? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to make it out as if it was this like dramatic movie climax where you know it's a big it's big build up and then just a simple yeah and like you know, like, you know i you know? yeah and like i woke up in the morning and the light was shining and yeah. you know i heard a voice and nothing like that <laughs> but i think i think to be honest when you harvest a feeling inside of you and you're not able to fully express it you crave the ability to openly and freely do what you want and in high in university and high school i actually could essentially do what I wanted to. Yes, I lived at home with my family, but I think either it was the guilt of letting them down because eventually they will find out. But to be honest, and this is just the truth, is that letting Allah down became more apparent in my in my mind, in my eyes, because I was like, what, what am I going to do this forever? Am I going to carry on this way? Or am I finally going to give this the attention that it deserves? And it's one of those moments where up until now, your family tell you why you should pray to have taqwa, to do this and that. But when you decide for yourself, no, I, I finally understand why salah is important, why, you know, being on deen is important. So I wanted to try that for myself and make sure that it was my decision um, and not anybody else's, right? And that is what made me kind of go into it a bit more. I understand. You know, the, the, the question, the question is actually so, 
universal. Like, it's the biggest pink elephant in the room, right? It's always there. Like, uh, I think in any decision, it's always there that it's sitting there staring right in your eyes. It's a big, huge thing. Uh, mm. But, I mean, in your case as well, I guess, if you knew what is that pink elephant is, right? The big, huge elephant. You kind of try to avoid it over the years, but until it becomes so huge, either this elephant or, or you, you have to take a decision. I think you need to come to the land. I think but that's, that's what really matters. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, each of us, the reason I'm asking is that I have to take decisions every day. You have to take decisions every day. Everybody who's listening, this, yeah. they have to take a decision every day. You know what's funny? Mm. The funny part is, I mean, what you're saying is like, and, and, and so deep down, most of the time, most of us know what's the right from the wrong. Sure. And I think the courage taking the right action is looking the elephant right in the eyes and hey, what's up, man? What's up, elephant? I'm gonna yeah. Like you. I'm going to eat you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to move you. Whatever it is. So we have that, that courage. I think that was an interesting moment. Thank you very much. Um, I mean, l- let's come back to this. So you studied, you studied school, and you took up the study in business and marketing. Why, why business and marketing? Why not IT? Why not something else? Why business and marketing? Is it some kind of because of your father owned the shop? You want to be, uh, you want to follow the business, or what's up? What's going on there? To be honest, the last thing I wanted to do was be in a shop for the rest of my life. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so. I wanted I wanted to go complete opposite to my father and my father told me if you ever end up here I'll kill you because <laughs> I think it was like third generation of the shop and he said please go and do something. Um I'll be honest in high in high school I didn't know sure. what I wanted to do. I was thinking about architecture. I was thinking about other subjects but the the course that I applied to was actually called business technology and how kind of various systems work um, and so the way that the course works in my university is you enter the business school in first year and you have a taster of all these different Psst. if you are an entrepreneur with a product or service for the muslim market let's get in touch we are halal.ad a marketing agency and ad network for the ever-growing Muslim market. We can help you reach millions of Muslims to grow your business. Visit www.halal.ad for a 30-minute free consultation. Now back to the show. Business-related subjects, so finance and hospitality and management and uh, marketing, you know, behavior, psychology. And so eventually I just realized that the the whole idea of marketing and understanding customers and how that all works was more interesting and I didn't really realize that it was a passion until I was able to apply those skills so for example the Islamic society actually gave me a platform to do the marketing you know for events for talks and stuff like that social media bringing people together creating a brand and all that stuff together, you know, helped me realize that this is probably the best thing for me to do. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, as they say, they all, you can only connect the dots looking backwards and forwards. That's, that's interesting. So, tell us the moment. Is it where, when you're hanging out with all those Muslim uh, youth, is it 
Ah, okay, interesting. Yeah, so Shabazz, mashallah, met him during university, actually, yeah, but it was a bit after, so before Ramadan Legacy happened, um, may Allah bless him, my friend Shabazz, actually, he started a leadership program, and it was called the Ma'rifah Initiative, and it was a very kind of small, private like exclusive kind of thing and he was very like mysterious about the whole thing like he sent me a letter he's like meet me at this hotel at this time it's a secret don't tell anybody i was like what what is this it was like you have been chosen <laughs> and i didn't know why and i and i went there and sitting there was two three four other people i'm like huh you're here too he's like yeah yeah you're here as well what's this all about we had no idea and then he sat us down in a room and mashallah he had a good friend of ours Noman who lives in Dubai but he's from Glasgow he works with um Fajr Capital excuse me and basically he explained to us that um he chose us he saw potential with us because he was watching us for a couple of years and he saw so who's talking now, Shabazz or the uh, Shabazz primarily, but both of them wanted to start something in Scotland, in Glasgow, that trained up young leaders to become entrepreneurs or to just become more impactful in the community. So long story short, we spent a year together doing weekly workshops. We met different entrepreneurs. We got ideas from them. Excuse me. We heard their stories. We did some like Dragon Den type of, you know, pitches and stuff. And then a year later, we flew out to Dubai to the World Islamic Economic Forum. And that time there, I remember it very clearly. Shabazz was like, Osman, come with me. And he called one of our other friends as well. And actually, yeah, just before Dubai, he did mention this idea of an app about Ramadan, but it wasn't quite fixed yet. And... It was a vague idea, probably not, not, not quite. Say, like, yeah, yet, yeah. But all he knew was that he's like, I know this. I see this guy online. His name is Peter Gold. There's this other designer, Ruh Al Alam, as well. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, Ruh is from yeah, yeah. And he's like, We're gonna go to Dubai. Uh, we're gonna spend half the time doing this program, leadership program, Marif Initiative. But secretly on the side you and I and, and our friends are going to go in and hunt them down and pitch the idea of Ramadan Legacy to them and try to figure it out. So we sat on the rooftop of our hotel and he kind of shared with us the idea and his vision, mashallah. And at that stage, you know, I was so ready to like take on a project because by that time um, I had just graduated university and actually I was very well versed in like media so during university i actually taught myself how to do like dslr filmmaking i started a youtube channel with our islamic society i was involved in different kind of creative projects so when he said islamic app ramadan it's going to be amazing you can help me i was like bismillah let's do it and yeah so it sounded very exciting we had no idea what was happening but mashallah he had a very strong vision and I think you should definitely speak to him if you haven't already on the show. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. No, no. He'll explain it much more, mashallah. And yeah, so we just made it our mission to hunt these people down and present with them the idea. So we had the presentation ready. We rehearsed it. 
Dragon's Den style. And through our connections through Noman, we managed to sit down in a room in front of Peter Gould, in front of our friend Ruh as well. And we pitched the idea and we're like, what do you think? You want to join us? You want to help us? So we got some very good advice from them, mashallah. And there, that was the that was the beginning. That was his beginning story. Yeah, I saw I saw one of the videos as well. So you 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 were the one, the director of the videos, right? The the some of the I think trailer videos I saw as well. I think I can't remember which one, but like there was trailer I think for Launch Good. Also, you raised guys funds. So you were I mean, I just want to ask like you were the main guy, video guy for actually videos. we we did hire oh. professionals to help us with that. But yeah, there was some background directing and, and script writing. And again, Shabazz had a lot of the direction and where he wanted to go. And by that time, we had a, a bigger team. We had developers, we had designers and everything. Um, and so, yeah, we just wanted to use that platform of Launch Good to help us get started. Yeah, and that was good fun. Good. Yeah, I think we're going to deep dive with this with Shabazz. And uh, let me ask you the next question. Let's talk about your podcast. So you see, uh, we are fellow podcasts. There's another thing in common. I think the first thing is soccer. With, I, I mentioned that I, I just reminded. I also play soccer. But the second thing is football. Think, the, the, the podcast thing. Yeah. The football. <laughs> yeah. The, the, this is this, this podcast. So, so as you can imagine, by the time, oh, you know, we are, you know, you can interview in, in uh, Muslim Sunfires. We discuss, you know, people like yourself, their life stories, right? There's no script. There's nothing. Uh, you know, the script, everything is just mm-hmm. on the go. We want to dip down, whatever it is needed. Just sometimes, alhamdulillah, it, it, it happens. People tell us things they haven't told anybody yet. And if it happens, that's a good win. So alhamdulillah, it happened today. So this is what's our podcast. Tell us about your podcast. What is the unique uh, thing about your podcast? Why should people who are listening to this, and they should also go out and check it out, your podcast. Mm. I'm ahead. thankful for the free promotion here. It's very controversial (laughs) to promote my podcast on your podcast, but thank you. Yeah, so the inspiration happened very randomly, to be honest. And it happened off the back of Ramadan Legacy. So for me, the thing that Ramadan Legacy taught me was coming in to the Islamic market with a more creative angle. Ramadan Legacy was fresh. It was tech. It was very, very practical way for Muslims to worship. So for me, I remember one day I I wanted to change my my social media name. It was very boring. And I thought, let's think of something cool and funky. And randomly the words the word Dean Inspiration came up. So for those who don't know what it means, it's the word Dean and inspiration joined together. Yeah. yeah I like that. I, I, I dig it. It's yeah, Dean Inspiration. And so I, at first it was just kind of there. And then I started to actually get really into listening to podcasts as well. I was listening to business and entrepreneurship podcasts, you know, your, your typical, you know, Pat Flynn's, your uh, Entrepreneur on Fires, your okay. Amy Porterfield, um, Tony Robbins, all these guys, right, who are like teaching you marketing and Gary Vee. And I thought, this is amazing. I love this platform of, of podcasting. And I go to their website and they have an entire system of, I'm going to give you step by step what to do. All you have to do is follow this and you're going to have the result. And I was like, man, like, why does this not exist for, for Muslims? I mean, 
mashallah, we have we have so many really really good, inspirational, motivational, uplifting uh, YouTube channels. You know, merciful servant, daily reminder. You know, with the nasheed in the background, and it's like scary music, and it's like mm. talk about jahannam and all that stuff. Right? This is great. And there's times when that's needed. And obviously you have your Mufti Menk, you have all these big speakers who are, they're inspiring you. And that's something you listen to when you have to have an Iman booster, right? But I was like, a lot of these speakers, may Allah bless them, and I benefit greatly from them. They tell you what you should do, but they don't tell you how to do it, okay. <laughs> right? So, so I was like, um, you're telling me that I have to pray, and have khushu on my prayer, but you haven't told me how to do that. Like, like step for by a step young, guide, right? Yeah, for a young Muslim living in the West who has all these different environmental and societal pressures, you know, we're engrossed by YouTube society, Netflix society, movie culture. In this world, how do I do what you just told me? You said fear Allah. Okay, how do I fear Allah? You said pray on time. Okay, how do I pray on time? I work five times a day, five times a week, sorry. How do I do that? So I thought, okay, what can I do? Do you struggle with deen and dunya balance in your life? Meet Salam.app, a Muslim social network where your ego, nafs, is not in the center. It is a place to feed your soul with daily inspiration, to make new Muslim friends, and connect with Ummah. Visit www.salam.app and download free for your iPhone or Android. Using my media skills, using my kind of loud, charismatic personality and copy this format, you know, that these podcasters were using on their show and just give a very, very practical, hands-on solution for Muslims. So it took different directions and my first four podcasts actually were the audio version of a book that I released. Okay. And the book was called 30 Top Tips for Attaining Khushu and Prayer. And essentially, I think it was 2016, I sat down and thought, I okay. That book, yeah, we also yeah. understand Quran, right? We also work on that as well, the Fatma as well. Yeah, that's right. Do you know, right now here on the podcast, in front of your listeners, I want to say thank you so much because I remember you were one of the only people who sponsored me back then. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's ironic because back then I, I didn't have any audience and you sponsored me. But now that I do have audience, not many people want to sponsor me. <laughs> it's, it's turned around. So, yeah, thank you for that. That was amazing support. That book went out. I got hundreds and hundreds of downloads, mashallah. And I realized that, okay, people want practical way to practice their religion and so Ramadan legacy taught me that as well you know the whole giving them a 30-day action plan so the whole here's a step-by-step way how to focus in your salah what to do before you begin what to do in the prayer what to do after the prayer and then from there I thought okay I, I can't just keep doing this BuzzFeed style 10 ways to do this and five ways to do that so I started to interview different Muslims just like you are but instead of saying inspire me or or scare me about Jahannam or this stuff, let's talk practically about how to do certain things. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever the topic was, 
it's like the podcast essentially my mission for every single episode is by the time you finish listening you have something to go and do or to practice yeah and that's that's kind of the ethos behind it yeah so for those uh, listeners let me put it in like summarize so inspiration is in a nutshell it's a podcast about not what's good what's inspirational this and that but it's, it's much more like how to get those things done for example how to for example if you are let's say have to want to better for sure which is enjoying how, how, how would you how would you translate for sure bro saying this what are you saying oh do you know um i i don't want to disappoint my my teachers who are gonna be cringing at me but it has different meanings okay. tranquility concentration okay. humility yeah you know, hum- being humble okay. in front of Allah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, how, I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. You draw all those words. How do you, it's in a way, how do you want to be more present, right? In your salah, mm-hmm. let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's not about just one or two inspirations, but how you want to get step-by-step guide. It's just an example. Then you go and check out the inspiration. They will teach you mm-hmm. that. It could be, it's just one of the examples. So many practical things in Islam, like if you want to practice your deen much more in a better way, that this mm. is the podcast to listen to, to get step-by-step guide tutorial. Is, it, is that mm. right? That's, that is kind of the main focus. I mean, we actually do have more of a, a lifestyle feature in there. Mm-hmm. So we still do interview people. We talk about their life as well and kind of have that laid back informal discussion. Mm-hmm. But the the kind of the main driver behind the website is just like you said it's the kind of hands-on practical you know we have a section on the website where you can download a free like a guide or a worksheet or something that you can fill in and do at home and that will help you achieve a particular goal in that aspect of your islam essentially yeah yeah this is something just stuck in my mind when you mentioned about i was promoting you in this way I think you're right. I just want to ask you, like, tickle your mind on this question. What do you think about completion? Like, it could be any idea. It could be like, like us, like podcast to podcast. Anybody? What's your thoughts on that? Like personal thought. It doesn't have to be right or wrong. Just your thought. Competition. Yeah. I think it's great. It's it makes you it forces you to be more creative and work harder. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you something. So in 2016, right, there was barely any kind of muslim podcasts right believe it or not i was looking at the market maybe there was one maybe there was two or three it was mainly like social media videos right and youtube videos and lectures and nobody was really doing this kind of format and obviously now in 2020 2019 it's like subhanallah there's so many everybody Every Bilal and every Khalid and every Fatima has the podcast about yeah, something, every right? Every Maruf and every Usman as well. Every Maruf and every Usman. And, you know, that's not a bad thing. So at first, I I actually, subhanAllah, I actually regret not going full on back then when it was like open market. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I'm behind, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm watching other podcasts, mashallah like your own you have great guests you have great format there's so something about me is i'm a perfectionist and i'm really fussy about like high quality so now i'm watching these other podcasts out there that have got great equipment amazing studio set up you know they've got great guests i'm like man that's that's where i want to be so competition is amazing for that 
But you have to have, you have to always remember, and this is so important, man, is that the brand might be different, the logo might be different, but the purpose and the mission is the same. It's all for the same purpose. Hopefully, if that's your intention, it's for Allah's sake, yeah? So while competition is there and it should drive you and motivate you, you should never forget who you, who it is that you're calling towards. Don't necessarily call towards your name, your brand, your title. Call towards Allah. Do that any way you want. Do that as creatively as you want. Yes, be competitive. Go for the numbers. Go for the iTunes charts in the worldwide, whatever. Um, do it with Ihsan because Allah loves those who work with Ihsan. But don't let the competition make you have any type of hatred or animosity towards other people. That's when it's bad. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, there's also a saying, you know, in the member that compete in doing good. Right? It's a good. It's good. It's, but it's, as long as it's good. Exactly. I mean, there's also exactly. one thing I think we lack. We need to learn, not only as humans, but also Muslim communities. We need to learn, like, as you said, like, you, you saw, like, I was doing social. Yeah, it is. But look, in the end, we have to remember, you mentioned, we are all going to the, inshallah, hopefully, we're all going to that same path, right? If, if mm. I'm promoting, yeah, yeah, I am, I am. But at the same time, you're my brother and you, you are calling something good. If even one person from our audience goes to you, even one person, and learns that to do one, let's say, uh, pray his salah with khushu, that's a success, you know? Mm. Sometimes we get all messed up with the numbers and say, oh, my numbers, who cares? At the end of the day, whom did we help? Did we help think one person to do something better, their life a bit better? That's the goal. Mm. And we can do that sometimes. You know, there are things you do, I cannot do. And maybe there are things you may not be able to, and we are doing that. So, so mm. it's all good. Mm. The more we're sharing, we have to be more thinking. Of, we, are, we have to look at the forest instead of just the trees. That's what I'm trying to say, you know? Exactly. And, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us all separate skills. You are skilled in certain things. And mashallah, you're doing great work in that. And... Even the Prophet you know, he would give the Sahaba the role in the community according to what they were great at, right? And when that happened, they all excelled. So you and I, we love to podcast. So if this is our way of helping other people, if Allah gifted us with this talent, then as long as we're using Allah's gifted talents to inspire and benefit other people, it's all good. It's all good, inshallah. So, Usman, as one of the last questions I would like to ask you, bro, is that do you think a, a question I should have asked you due to the time, short time and this, and that maybe I have not asked, but it would be a good idea for our listeners to know, just let me know. And, and maybe if you ask a question, answer it yourself, and that would be good. Is there there's something like in, in your chest you want to get it out? Right? You have already got something. Um, if you want to get more out, go ahead. Do you know, bro, subhanAllah, I, I don't have anything off the top of my head. I think um, I shared most of my story. Oh. I'm one of those guys, if you ask me a question, I keep talking. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the time. So, uh, as a last note then, why don't you tell us one more time, our listeners, where they can find you. Tell us your website, tell us your podcast, tell us anything you would like to give over and follow up with you. Go ahead. Sure. So the the podcast and our blog is called Dean Inspiration. So that's D W E N 
S P I R A T I O N, Dinspiration, with no I in the middle, as some people say, dot com. Um, the podcast is available on all major platforms on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, you name it. We are very, very active on social media. So if you go to Facebook or Instagram, you type in Dinspiration, um, you'll find us there, inshallah. We regularly post, we do creative kind of stuff um, my personal instagram is at moments by usman i do videography and post really crazy over the top stories on there as well <laughs> so if you want to have some fun and and think that this guy has lots of spare time on his hands then you can follow me there inshallah <laughs> thank you bro it's been a pleasure may allah, may allah reward you for what you do i mean uh, thank you so much for having me man Waalaikum salam wa rahmatullah. Dear listener, based on many requests from our listeners, we are launching a Muslims on Fire Academy. It's for those who want to do more than just listening. It's for those who not only want to be inspired, but to be one of the Muslims on Fire as well. It's for those who want to discover their purpose in life, follow their dreams, and live in prosperity. If this is you, join us for a journey of a lifetime. The introduction course is free. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. Learn more at academy.muslimsonfire.com. For show notes and questions for episodes, please visit www.muslimsonfire.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like our show, please rate, share with friends, and leave a review. With your help, it will enable us to reach more people and change their lives for the better. Stay tuned. Until next time, Assalamu Alaikum.